Hey, listeners, you're listening to Movies All Queer. This is Sarita. Thank you for joining us in today. I just wanted to give you a couple heads up. First of all, again, apologize for the fact that I have not been as active as I say I was going to be. A lot of things have been going on in my life, both personal and uh, work and for example, that have been both stressful and very exciting, which I will update you guys on my next personal podcast. But for now, this is a podcast of White Frog and Cloudburst, both um, reviewed a month and a half ago. So it's been a little while. Again, I do apologize. I have promised to upload this a lot faster. But because of my both internships at Lesbian Lounge and Curve Magazine, they have been a little overwhelming for a lot of, the, um, a lot of reasons. And not that they're bad. They're actually pretty amazing, and I've, I will never, ever, ever uh, regret ever doing it. And if anything, I'm more than grateful that I've gotten the chance to meet such amazing people that I both work with and have worked with when it comes to, you know, Sheetal Sheth, and I've gotten to see Flo Vinger and worked with Captain Waller. It's just been great seeing them and working with them. But um, at this time, I do, again, want to thank everyone that has been listening. And again, thank you for keeping up with these uh, these podcasts. I don't want to treat you guys like hits or numbers uh, or listens. You know, I really want to get to know those that have been listening. And thank you guys that have been reaching out to me and giving me a chance to to talk to you guys. But again, I will update you guys on my next personal podcast. Without further ado, this is a podcast for White Frog and Cloudburst. I'll see you guys soon. Hey, queers, you're listening to Movies All A Career. This is Sarita. Thank you for joining me today. Happy fall, because I'm doing this in September, the second week of September. So again, happy fall. And today we're going to be talking about two films that I've been promised to do for a very long time. And I apologize for those that haven't been, um, who've been kind of disappointed and waiting for me to talk about these films since they're not exactly new. But they're new, definitely, and getting out there and and being seen this these films have honestly blown me away because I wasn't expecting it to be as good as they are right now and as and, and just that honesty I, I mean the whole point of my podcast is to be honest about what I watch and honestly I wasn't sure if I wanted to see White Frog or um, Cloudburst because they I don't know I guess I judged it by the DVD cover that that's a better way of saying it and I wasn't sure what I was running into but I have to say I loved the films. Again, I'm going to be talking about uh, White Frog and Cloudburst. And first we're going to start with White Frog. Just because this film is definitely more of a queer film, like generalized. And I'm I'm not used to talking about a lot of queer films on Movies All Queer because I'm... You know, I talk more about lesbian films and lesy films and, you know, films like that. But I, I realize that I do need to be more open because I do want to expand my reviews to not just you know, lesbian films, but also even major motion picture films like Runner Runner that's coming up, you know, that I was talking about in my last podcast. So I definitely want to talk about White Frog first because I was very surprised that it was as good as it was again. So White Frog was produced and uh, manufactured, I guess you can say, in 2012. It was released in 2012, March 8th to be exact. And it's 93 minutes, so it's not that long. It's directed by Quentin Lee and it stars... Um, Boo Boo Stewart from Twilight, and by the way, Boo Boo Stewart, I fucking love your name. <laughs> um, and then we have Tyler Posey, who you guys probably seen from Teen Wolf, who plays Doug. You have Kelly Hugh, you have Greg Sulkin, B.D. Wong is in here, Harry Shum Jr. is in here, Joan Chen, and just a great cast, um, 
I'm very, again, I'm very surprised by just how great this cast was because I I wasn't expecting it to be so great. You also have Greg Sulkin in here who plays, you know, I'm not going to spoil it, but it was that good. That was my phone. Um, I was very fond of this film and I was fond of it because it touched something that I haven't seen in queer films that much yet, which has to do with um, Asperger's syndrome. Now, for those that don't know, Asperger's is like a branch and if I'm wrong, please correct me because I don't like to just speak ignorantly. But white uh, Asperger's syndrome is a branch of autism, and it deals with uh, a social disorder. You can say it's like social interacting disorder, and it's it's something that a lot of people don't really talk about, especially because it's hard to get input from those that are suffering from the Asperger syndrome, and to kind of get their input and their um, their experiences is not the easiest thing to do because the whole point of Asperger's, well, one of the whole point, but one of the whole points of Asperger's is that social anxiety that, you know, that's naturally felt in the syndrome. So what I liked about this was that you have Boo Boo Stewart who plays Nick and he has, um, you know, Asperger's and he has his older brother who has been kind of his influence through his whole life and has been like his best friend, his brother Chaz, who's played by Harry Shum Jr. And um, a sudden, suddenly there's a day, and just to be exact, a Friday, because they talked about how Fridays was like, you know, Chaz's day to like get out and go out with his friends. Um, but there was a Friday afternoon where there was like these kids driving recklessly and, you know, Chaz was on his bike and um, he got into an accident that's not really seen in the film, which I kind of, preferred because the film is very serious and I really really respected how they kind of avoided giving us the whole dramatic scene of a car hitting someone and the whole hospital thing like honestly not that I don't appreciate that you know that reality but I I've seen it enough that I kind of really didn't you know didn't want to see it and when I when I saw how the film just kind of skipped that that scene I was very grateful as a viewer I was extremely grateful so yeah so Unfortunately, Chaz passes away, and this is not a spoiler. Chaz dies, and now Nick has, you know, is going through like the depression of, you know, losing his older brother, his only brother, and um, at the same time finding out these secrets that his brother had. Um, and through there, he also breaks into like his biggest struggle through life, which is that, you know, social interacting disorder that he's suffering through and that he's going through and that challenges his life in the biggest way of his life you know I have to say I was pretty skeptical when I saw that when I heard and saw that Tyler Posey was going to be in this film who plays Doug one of um, Chaz's best friends I was very skeptical because I wasn't sure if he was going to be you know like the lover I was hoping he was going to be the lover but of course he turned out to be like you know a straight friend of his and um, at first I as I was watching the film, at first I was, not that I was bored, but I kind of given a little bit of like, okay, like this is going on and this is going to be okay, cool. And after the accident, I could not tear my eyes away from the screen. And I was completely, completely enamored by just how well the scenes were carried, how well the script was made. I mean, you have a very, very, very clever cast, supporting cast. I mean, including Greg Sulkin and Tyler Posey. Tyler Posey isn't as in the film as much as Greg Sulkin is, but I was very impressed at how well this was played. I mean, you have Manish Dayal, and I hope I'm saying this correctly, Manish Dayal, who plays Ajit, who is very good, and um, 
God, I, I misplaced his name, which I do apologize. Uh, Justin Martin, who was also very awesome. And, and just like that group of friends, you know, playing on Friday nights, you know, whole poker thing and, or Texas Hold'em, one of the two. It was very cool to just see like that young kid interaction, like that whole high school feel because that was their senior year. And, um, again, like a lot of high school movies and a lot of coming of age films, they kind of try They kind of try too hard to connect or try to connect with people that are watching and um, they kind of do like this very exaggerated view and perspective of how teenagers are supposedly supposed to be, you know, and what I liked about this film that it wasn't too overplayed. Like I really couldn't could feel that these kids were just friends and they were just chilling on a Friday night playing poker like it was just that realistic that I really enjoyed and again they were really well supported it wasn't overbearing they weren't trying to steal the spotlight of the scene they were all very um very very kind of working together to kind of give this like a balanced look of how things are supposed to be and like how their friendship and their relationships within each other were supposed to work out um Greg Sulkin definitely I was very very pleased with his performance because he wasn't you weren't sure if he was not that he was a good or bad guy but I kind of wasn't understanding why he was kind of pissed or like very you know annoyed with um Nick who's again played by Boo Boo Stewart why was he kind of like very standoffish to that character and of course you understand why later on and you kind of get like a look at how they kind of play together and in a way and I really enjoyed the film and again credits and kudos to Boo Boo Stewart for being able to pull that off and to to just the fact that he was working in a film like Twilight and again for those Twilight lovers I'm not cracking on Twilight I mean I do but I'm not at this moment okay maybe I am but <laughs> just the just the fact that they kind of say like oh you know he was in Twilight like I'm sorry but that did him no credit they did him no justice like he is such a good actor and you can definitely tell from this film that he was very very sure and looking very hard to play this like I haven't seen such well performances when it comes to like something like Asperger's like some type of like you know development disorder or interaction disorder or social disorder I haven't seen such a good performance from seeing the film What's Eating Gilbert Grape, where Leonardo plays Arnie, who was suffering, obviously, like an 18-year-old boy suffering from a development disorder. And I can't place the name of what the illness or the condition is called, but I found it amazing, especially that was one of Leonardo's first films, and just finding how amazingly talented he was. And that's kind of like what I see Boo Boo Stewart like working with, and of course not that extreme. But I, I was able to kind of give him so much credit because I haven't seen a very convincing role in a very long time that deals with those type of, you know, conditions. And I was very happy to see it, definitely. Um, I can't really rate this film on, like, twingy tension and stuff like that because I guess it doesn't depict a lesbian film. But I can rate it ultimately and how it hits home. It hits home because there is a connection with siblings and... Not that I don't have that connection with my own siblings, but I, th there was a, a certain kind of pang of a little bit of envy that I felt of how close um, Chaz and Nick's relationship were because there was a certain type of honesty and bond and like a genuine care for one another. And there was this big like enveloping protection that Chaz always kind of had for Nick and how he was very protective of him and very strong for him but at the same time he wasn't spoiling him he was just very he, was, he just had his back in a way that I have to say I was uh, you know it, it kind of made me really want 
you know, a sibling like that that was was very protective over me, or in a way that I wanted a sibling that I could be as protective as Chaz was to Nick, and um, I really enjoyed it. And I definitely that definitely hit home for me more than anything, more than even his death. Not because I'm I'm you know not sensitive to it, but just because that bond that we saw in the beginning of just for those like 10, 15 minutes of the film, that bond was really what made the film as heavily great as it became and how we really felt that loss of Chaz because, you know, of that bond that those two shared in the beginning of the film. It was just so great. So my overall rating from one to five, one being um, low to five, obviously being amazing. I'm going to rate this film a 4.3. I found this film really, really well scripted. I found it um, really well acted. I found um, that it, re it really well cut together. Um, my only complaint of this film would be that sometimes the scenes were cut too short in some parts. Like it, it didn't, it didn't really allow me as someone to like fully like taste like a situation. Like there was um, there's the scene where like there's the final scene where uh, Nick is going on stage and he is talking to people or tries to, um, and I won't spoil what happens. But that's one of the scenes that happened, and I felt like it was too rushed. I felt like it was very rushed, and I also felt the ending was rushed in a way. And I know it's supposed to kind of leave that open-ended question, like okay, so what's gonna happen to Nick now, you know? But I I felt like it was just too fast and. That would be my only complaint. But other than that, I was very satisfied with the film. And that's why I'm giving it the 4.3 rating. So I definitely recommend it. If you guys want my copy of White Frog, you can send me an email at moviesalaqueer at gmail.com. You can also tweet me at moviesalaqueer on Twitter. And I will definitely pick one at random to just send it to. And I'll send you a message so you guys can have my copy because it's that cool. I do definitely recommend people watching it. It's and to me, it was educational because as much as we have heard of Asperger's, it's um, we kind of don't really take in as much of what that does. And um, and of course, this is definitely connected to an LGBT, you know, it's, it's connected to the LGBT community and it's connected in all parts of the community. But um, the fact that this film kind of tried not to make the film too gay in a way, they they touched upon a more serious topic. So I was very happy for it. So definitely a thumbs up to see this film. And now for my second film, I will be talking about Cloudburst, which to me was really interesting when I first heard about the film. I, I didn't hear about it um, that that long ago, but when I did hear about it, I was definitely not expecting to know like the details of the film that I know now. Um, Cloudburst is actually a 2011 Canadian film, which I thought it was American, first of all, and I thought it was... Um, recent because this is when I was really getting to know about the film and, and hearing about it and getting the press emails from Wolf Video about it. So I was I was very like, what? Like this is, you know, not like new. This is kind of older. Um but yeah, it's 2011 and it's written and directed by Tom Fitzgerald and it stars Kristen Booth, Olympia Dukakis, Brenda Fricker, and another really cool, awesome um uh supporting cast that includes uh John Dunsworth, Ryan Doucette, um, and Jeremy Ackerman. And first of all, first of all, I have, I'm very surprised at just the fact that how this film got direct, like the direction that the film took into be making. Cause here you have, um, Stella and Dottie and these two women have been partners for uh, quite a while, for like 30 years. And, uh, Dottie's, you can say, um, 
niece, oh no, not her niece, it's her granddaughter, sorry, uh, Dottie's granddaughter Molly comes in and she kind of wants to take her away, send her to a nursing home, but we don't understand why, because, you know, you kind of, I mean, I like to think of it as, look, if I had my grandmother and she was living with another woman, other than the fact that it's obvious that they would be together if it's been such a long time and they've only lived with each other, but why would I want to take them away from that take her away from that environment if I knew that she was well and capable. But Dottie is blind or partially legally blind. So um, it does, it, it gives Molly a reason to want to send her to a home. But then you have Stella, who's played by Olympia Dukakis, and she is like, no, like, definitely not. So she thinks of a brilliant plan to not only um, escape from that location so Stella won't be taken away, but um, to go to Canada and to get married. And it's so sweet. I have to say, I was very scared of this film. And the reason I was scared um, was because when it comes to watching films like Amour, that won a lot of awards last year, the French film about those two loves, uh, older love loving people. And um, in Cloudburst, I was like, oh my God, this has to do with like older people. So, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to start crying and it's, oh my God, like I don't even want to watch it. And that's why I kind of held off on the film for a long time. And I think that was like the worst mistake because if I saw this film earlier, I would have been as open to love as I am right now after watching it. And I, I was very, very happy to see it. And I thought that this film was very honest and it was earnest and it wasn't shy. Like here you have Olympia Dukakis who plays, you know, Stella, who you can say is like the more butch, butchier lesbian. And she is very like so open like you thought you were a potty mouth here is olympia dukakis who's saying like uh i've been eating pussy like but it's not overbearing like i have to say it's funny and it's delivered at the right time which makes me think that um that tom fitzgerald was just so clever which is how he did the screenplay because he was able to have her deliver the lines at such really funny and and heart heart lightning I guess you can say uh, moments in the film and I was very appreciative of that so here you have Olympia Dukakis who was so cool but what I loved about Dottie played by Brenda Ficker was just how the relationship that they both had together as Stella and Dottie you have Stella who is just so like you know she has no filter and she is you know, very inappropriate. But Dottie is not that innocent either. Like, she is very, like, she was able to backfire and to almost, like, like, you kind of saw this cute little friction that they both had. And to be honest, you know, it was, it was Dottie who was very, like, in the film, you see that Dottie was the one that's kind of like, oh, I kind of don't want to get married because, you know, they've been married before, or at least Dottie was married before and had a relationship before. So, I don't know. I thought this film was really freaking awesome. Um, as far as twingy tension, I didn't find any because I didn't really find any. Um, I have to give props to Ryan Doucette because he was able to play Prentice, who was this boy that they find on the way to... Um, to Canada and they just find him um, he's like a hitchhiker and it's funny because they find him as he's trying to like show like <laughs> like his abs like in a, like to the, to the two older women like trying to show his abs like like a like a stripper kind of like hoey thing and and Olympia you know Stella she delivers this line that's like you're you're 
barking up the wrong tree or something like that. Um, which, have, which is, it's, it's cheesy and it's, you know, of course I'm going to make it sound cheesy because, you know, I'm not the actor, but I thought it was just, it was delivered so well and it's not corny. I did not find any ounce of corny in this film. I thought it was uh, very genuine again. It was very honest and it made me cry, of course, because any type of, you know, family love and old people film, if it has to do with older people, you know, senior citizens, <laughs> and it has to do with dogs I, or children, it makes me cry. And that's why I kind of also stay away from cartoon and animated films because they always have this significant moral to the story that makes you want to like gasp for air at the end of the film. Like, oh my God. So um, this one was actually very well delivered. As far as Tunji Tension, no. Um, as far as like real lay or movie lay, no. You know, there wasn't really any much lay in this film. Um, I did find that, again, that chemistry between Olympia and Brenda was very honest, that they, even their kissing was very honest. And I was kind of, you know, we don't really see sexuality with older people on screen because I don't know why people just can't watch two older people make out. As, as awkward as the thought is, that's because we've kind of been built to think that way, that older people shouldn't be so sexual and they shouldn't be so open to being sexual and, and sexualized or whatever. And I feel like that should be something that we need to work on to change because older people do still have sex. And I know that if I'm 80 years old, I would still like to be having sex with my partner because like, what the hell is my body going to be used for then? Like, just to walk and just to eat and just to sit and take a shit? Like, no, I would like to think that <laughs> that I'm going to be with someone that's, whether they find me super attractive like I am now at 20, you know, at 22 is whatever. But the fact that they're, you know, that physical bonding with someone, I want to think that I'm still going to have regardless of my age, you know. So, yes, um... Anyway, I found that even their kissing scene and like just that like intimacy that they both have with each other was very real, um, and I was really, really, I really loved it. As far as Crockpot of Queso, I didn't really find any cheesy moments. I thought that Prentice's character was a little cheesy sometimes because, but then again, you find out that he is a a, a guy who's been through a lot. Um, Nothing when it comes to his parents, because you see, like, his ill mother, who could die any day, as he liked to say, and then his father, who's, like, oh, like you can see that he's pretty fucking abusive, or his stepfather is pretty fucking abusive, and you kind of can see that kind of, like, relationship, and he's a pretty damaged soul, a young, damaged guy, um... But other than that, I, I didn't really find anything crockpot of queso -y. This film was pretty much, it was funny. It had a lot of funny deliveries, um, but it also had a very, very, very big border of um, seriousness that this film carried, That, but it was respectable. Um, it hit home for me, definitely the relationship between Stella and Dottie. I found like they were very, very honest. And again, I keep repeating myself, but it was just that good of a film that it, 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 really, it really touched my heart and it touched something that made me really open to like finding a lifelong partner you know that a lot of people in my generation nowadays they kind of have forgotten that maybe you'll find someone in the future that you will fall in love with and you'll want to spend the rest of your life with and as much as we kind of like brush that to the side this film really has kind of made you think like no like it is possible to do that and to find someone that you could fall in love with um uh, honestly, from a scale of 1 to 5, just like I reviewed White Frog, I'm going to give this a 4.5. I found this very, very clever. Um, I would, I don't really have that many, uh, or not even any complaints. I don't have any complaints about the film because it was just delivered really well. I guess, um, 
connecting to the characters was a little difficult just because they were at a different age, you know, a different generation, a different life than I, you know, than what we're leading. And they're from the South. It kind of seemed like they were from the South. So it wasn't very, it didn't relate to me much, which is why I couldn't go that much higher because I didn't feel that overwhelming satisfaction of understanding them. Like I did with Understanding White Frog because we're like in that, like maybe not the same state, but we're like in that same, uh, that, that same like way of thinking. So when I watched Cloudburst, I, I can't say that I was too, you know, enamored by it, but I did rate it high because again, it was just that, you know, brilliant screenplay and the brilliant acting and the brilliant connection between the characters and just that, that funny, ugh, it was just so like, who can think that a film that has to deal with, you know, these older women in their late 70s, probably, you know, with this young boy that's probably just turned 21, this young boy stripper guy, and them like on their way to Canada, like who can think of a film so well done that way, that it actually worked and got attention. And that was Cloudburst. So I read that a 4.5. And I hope that you guys get to watch it. If you want my copy of Cloudburst, again, you can email me at moviesalloqueer at gmail.com or tweet me at moviesalloqueer or Sarita's tweets. I will see a random post and I will deliver and I will send it out to your address and you'll receive a message from me. So thank you guys for listening. If you love, like, or hate this review, check out our other ones. We have a long list of reviews. Um, we did post Mosquita and Mari and we have posted a lot of like my... Um, my summer coming-of-age films that I will be continuing, I guess, next summer, unless I think of one to just post right now, since it's not the end of summer yet. Um, again, if you like this film, check out our other ones. Uh, hook us up on Facebook, as well as Twitter, at Movies Queer. You can also go to facebook.com slash moviesalq. You can also catch me at Sarita's Tweets on Twitter. I'm all over the place. And you can check out uh, the Curve Drive-In from Curve Magazine, which is my own video reviewing vlog, where you will see my face and you'll see me moving my hands just like I'm moving it now, but you guys can't see it because it's over the radio. Um, you can also check out the Lesbian Lounge and check out uh, all of their podcasts and oh, so many things. Um, if you guys do want to hear the interview and be able to see the live interview that I'm going to have with Flo Vinger, Brian Ecker, Sheetal Sheth, and uh, Catherine Wallers. Just be aware that it's going to be on Wednesday. It's going to be at 9 p.m. So for those that have been listening to me from the Lesbian Lounge, it's right after the Lesbian Lounge, so you cannot say you don't have time to see it. Um, I give you all kisses. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Sarita, and I'll see you next time. Bye! Bye! <laughs>